I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City. I'm Greg Finley, filling in for Adam Crowley and Colin Dunlap, joined by Bella Apple. We're talking about the Steelers and the Raiders game. Quite the football game. The Steelers able to pull it out and keep their season alive as they have two games remaining. They have been flexed to Sunday night football this week as they take on the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to come down to, though, will the Chargers lose out or will the Dolphins lose out as it comes down to those two teams? Because the Steelers do not own a tiebreaker against Miami as they lost to them. But I think they have two winnable games coming up with the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about this defense because all season long I have seen tweets from people that go, $108 million defense, they can't make stops whenever they need to, they can't do this, they can't do that. What? Where were they this week? <laughs> Silent. I saw no I tweets. Like say, I would like to say also of that million-dollar defense, you did have a big chunk of that on the sidelines for about the eight weeks that they were calling out this million-dollar defense. So exactly. when, you have, when, you have your, when you have your multi-million-dollar guy sidelined with, thankfully not for the season, but for a good portion of the season, you can't really call it a million-dollar defense. I mean, some other people get paid, but – Deservedly so, Cam and Mika. But, you know, aside from that, there's not a ton of money on the defensive side of the ball if you remove TJ's contract. So I right. hate those people more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so frustrating to me because in games like the Bengals game where they would blame the defense for getting 37 points, I my argument is that offense kept giving the ball back to Cincinnati. The defense can't make a stop every single drive. I mean, the, the, especially against Joe Burrow. He's lighting the world on fire right now. But in a game like this, where the offense continued to give the ball back to the Raiders because they couldn't do anything with it, the defense continued to get stop after stop after stop, turnover after turnover. It was fantastic. I mean, it was exactly what – the doctor ordered in this kind of weather game where guys like Cam and TJ and Alex Highsmith get to the quarterback, they get the Derek Carr, they force turnovers. They did everything they had to do to win that game, minus that opening drive. And again, that opening drive was terrible. I, I will say you give up a third and 16 screen to the running back that results in a first down. That's the not good. running back, the backup running yeah, back. Amir Abdullah. It wasn't even Josh Jacobs. Like you talked about it in the first segment, when the Steelers do that, all 11 guys on the defense swarm <laughs> Najee and tackle him for a loss of four. But on the, in this situation, when they get a first down, come on, that can't happen. But I, I can't overstress enough how impressed I was that they held Devonte Adams to two catches for 15 yards. I don't think that's being talked about enough in this media. The, the, he's one of the best receivers in the league. They no, got everything I, they needed to. 
I also think that um, he had a, I think like a 10 yard reception on that first opening drive. And I thought, oh boy, this will be a long day. He's eating, everyone else is eating, you know? And you see that opening drive and we talked about in the first segment, we were worried, everyone was worried. This that did not look good. But then, you know, they picked up their bootstraps or whatever the saying is, and they got back to work. And the Steelers defense, you know, they had the turnovers and it might be disappointing that the offense didn't turn that into any points. But at the same time, the point of a turnover maybe isn't to keep get points on the board, but to keep points off the board. And I think that was exactly what the turnovers were able to do. And, you know, there's something huge in the intangible momentum that is felt in a football game. And it's tangible from through the screen. It's definitely tangible in the stadium. And, you know, it's, it's that momentum that the defense kept building off of. And, you know, even if the offense wasn't putting up on the other side of the ball, I would actually say that the defense wasn't necessarily stagnant. I think we were – I heard I read something about they have great movement through the 20s. It's just the red zone that they keep, you know, getting stumped in. That touchdown play to Pickens at the end was the first play from the red zone that the Steelers had all game. So they mm-hmm. kept stalling at like the 20, 30 yard line of the Raiders. And it's super frustrating in a game like that with the wind, the snow, all the elements against you. Chris Boswell, I do have a question here to talk to you about. Is there a problem with Boswell or is it just can we chalk it up to weather? But, you know, he was he's been three of six since coming back from injury. I love Boz. I'm one of his biggest supporters, even when people, you know, are trying to bury him. But it does beg the question, you know, you leave six points on the board at least by missing two field goals. And, you know, they have to talk about it. They left three points on the board, getting a field goal blocked versus the Ravens. That's the difference maker at the end of it, 16-14. In this game, luckily, it doesn't come back to bite them. But, you know, in the past, it does. So it begs the question if there's something wrong there. But at the same time, you know, the defense was able to keep points off the board enough to wait for the offense to catch up. And then, you know, like I say, all is, en- all is well that ends well. So <laughs> The interception after Perryman intercepted Pickett was huge to me. Right after the Raiders get the turnover, you're thinking, okay, if they score here, it's game over. And the Steelers get it right back on the very next play. It's like, okay, we're back. That's huge. And, and you bring up Boswell. I'm worried about Boswell. It's not just after the injury, but before the injury, he's been missing kicks that he shouldn't be missing. Guy just got paid. Sometimes that happens whenever you get paid that you don't care as much. I'm not saying he doesn't care as much, but you know, th- these are situations where – You need to read the wind. He kicked it right to the left of the upright, and it just kept going to the left because the wind was blowing to the left. Twice, yeah, exactly. Those are the two that he missed. And so if they don't score a touchdown, they still could have won the game by way of the field goals, but he misses two of them. They don't score a touchdown. They don't win that game. Yeah, I think it's a bit disappointing, especially because Boz is so solid most of the time that when you see him miss one, you think that that's it. Like, that has to be it for the game because he doesn't miss often. I mean, this season, as you said, it's been a little up in the air, but he doesn't miss that often. That's why he got paid. And then to see him miss two, it feels so demoralizing when the offense can't get anything done. You're settling for three and to walk away with nothing, it just really puts a dagger in that heart. But, you know, at the other end, the defense, like we said, kept stepping up. And I think Cam Hayward has a really great quote. It's definitely a cliche that's thrown around, but he says it, I think, every single post-game press conference. He says, we don't control how we get on the field. We can only control how we get off. And I think that that's really epitomized the defense this week. They controlled how they got off the field, and that was often. And, you know, like we said, after that first drive, if you were to, you know, erase the first 10 minutes of that game – 
They scored, they put up three points after that the entire game. They were shut out the whole, shut out the whole second half. They had three second half turnovers. They had two, one at the end of the third quarter, one in the middle of the third quarter, one at the end. Then obviously the game ceiling interception in the last second of the game. So, you know, I think the defense did everything to get off the field and, you know, it's not unlike Ben's rookie season that they were really relying on a great defense until the offense could get it together. And of course, you know, they had other elements that really played into it. Jerome Bettis, obviously a great running back historic. And Ben was, you know, nothing to sneeze at either his rookie season, but it was defense heavy. And like we talked about earlier, they didn't run the ball as effectively or maybe enough in our opinion, but it was defense heavy and, you know, defense wins championships. That's what they say. Not the Steelers might win a championship this year, but they're still in the mix. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, When they interviewed Tomlin at the end of the game and they said, you know, you held Jacobs and Devontae Adams pretty well. He said that was the game plan all along. Well, they stuck right to it. I was very impressed not only about what they did to Devontae, but what they did to Jacobs. This is the best running back in the league, lighting the league on fire. He was on my fantasy team, and he was great all season long. Even whenever he was questionable, he would still show up and dominate. But 44 yards rushing, huge. And the Steelers did the same thing to Carolina two weeks ago. I mean, we hear the Steelers' run defense isn't very good, but Carolina, both running backs ran over 100 yards against Detroit this past week. The Steelers held them to like 26 yards rushing two weeks ago. So, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at at all. The defense steps up when they need to. They did exactly what they needed to do in this game. The offense comes together in the final drive of the game, and they keep their season alive. Now, two games remaining. You got Baltimore this week on Sunday Night Football, which has been flexed. Great job by the NFL. Nobody wants to watch the Raiders and Rams on Sunday Night Football. (laughs) So thankful that they did that. Uh, Miami's got to play New England. The Patriots almost came back and beat the Bengals on Christmas Eve. Can New England dig deep and help the Steelers out, beat Miami, and can the Steelers beat the Ravens on Sunday night? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The thing about the Patriots is that I'm never going to count Bill Belichick out. I'm never going to count him out of the AFC East, especially. I think that Miami has kind of been a bit of a kryptonite over, you know, the past 25 years for whatever reason, even they when they were quite terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yep. think that you can never count Bill Belichick out of these games. And I think nothing would make the Patriots happier just like nothing would make the Steelers happier to play spoiler to a division rival when they're, you know, pushing to the playoffs. Obviously, the Ravens already clinched that berth, so it's not like you could spoil too much, but, you know, you can keep the playoff games out of Baltimore. You could keep them in the wild card. And, you know, not for nothing, I really think the Steelers deserve to win that game too, a few weeks ago against Baltimore. It was a couple missed opportunities, a couple, you know, an inch or two here or there and you know the game falls Baltimore's way but that's how this rivalry always goes that I think I saw a stat last game that they were exactly equal in wins losses and points scored so this even this rivalry good or bad on either side 
the teams show up to play against each other. So just like I won't count the Patriots out against the Dolphins, I will never count out the Steelers against the Ravens. I think they're pretty, you know, pretty in line to usually split the season series and Baltimore got one that maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe Pittsburgh will get one that you think they shouldn't have. So, you know, I'd love to see that. I I told you before, I am like a hopeless romantic Steelers fan. If there's 10 things that need to happen, I'll watch every single game until I can't check off that list. So Mm. this week it was the Chargers need to lose, Miami need to lose, the Jets need to lose, the Patriots need to lose, check, 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 you know, going down (laughs) that list. And, you know, until it's over, it's not over. Like I said, crazier things have happened. So I won't count the Steelers out. I think if Lamar can't go, that game is anyone's game so if Lamar can maybe it's a bit more difficult but you know the Steelers have beaten Lamar Jackson in the past so it's not like he scares Mike Tomlin and them so I think you know play ball see what happens that's why you play the game right the way this defense has looked the last couple of weeks I I feel pretty good about this game and and you brought it up the game against the Ravens a couple weeks ago if Pickett doesn't uh get injured and Trubisky comes in and throws those turnovers after turnover after turnover. I mean, two times in the red zone where he tried to find Fryermuth across the middle and a linebacker was spying and just waiting and baiting him to throw it, and it happened, and they intercepted him. And then the one to Deontay, he just threw a home run ball and hoped that it would stick. Not good. That was a game that they should have won. They probably should have beat the Bengals if they would have scored more, if they would have been able to score in the second half. They should have beat the Jets. That one still stings to me. You cannot lose to Zach Wilson. And again, the defense gets blamed, but if Pickett doesn't throw the interception, they run the clock out. They win that game, no problem, in my opinion. So, yeah, a couple of things haven't gone their way. A couple of things have gone their way now. Can this Ravens game go their way? And you talked about Miami. The Dolphins own the Patriots pretty well in Miami. This game's in New England. That makes me feel a lot better, and the Dolphins are going downward in a downward spiral, losing to the Packers in a game that they probably shouldn't have lost at home. They are, they're going down bad right now. Yeah, I think with, you know, all things considered, the Steelers are not in, you know, the worst place, and I think a lot of people like to call Tomlin a bad coach. Or I, I honestly don't see it. I think he's a great coach. I think you're not as respected as you are in the league for the past 15, 20 years if you were a bad coach. And I think that there's, you know, higher ups that probably know more than me and more than the average Twitter fan that like understand how Mike Tomlin's a great coach and respect, respected and all those things. Um, and I think that there's a big element to the game that isn't talked about of, you know, having all these young guys on offense, losing your best player across the board and your defensive powerhouse and TJ Watt for half the game. And I'll ask the question to you. Do you think TJ Watt could account for one for one less score on the defense on the offensive side or the defensive side, I guess? Like oh, yeah. if he's in the game, he takes he could take at least three to seven points off the board just being there, drawing double coverage and opening up someone else, et cetera, et cetera. They 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 lost to except for the Bills, that was a complete train wreck of a game from the from the 96-yard touchdown on third and 10 from their own end zone. Mm, <laughs> aside from <yes>. that, aside <laughs> in that game, the ASD East was all one-possession games, all without T.J. Watt, and all tiny things that happened that ended up making the Steelers, you know, fall on the wrong side of it. And, of course, you know, it's those close games that you lose that make you, you know, difference between a playoff team and a Super Bowl contender. But at the same time, if you think TJ Watt can account for one score in every single game, then the Steelers may win those games. And then if you think that, you know, 
Pickett or Pickens, sorry, is, um, you know, oh no, Pickett is a playmaker and he accounts for, you know, a couple scores in these games, then maybe they don't lose the first four starts that Mitch has. If Pickett plays the whole game versus the Jets instead of coming in at halftime, does he win the game? There's so many up in the air things. And as much as Steelers don't want to say it, this is a team in transition this year. And I understand why they don't want to say it because they don't have to, but you know, the media is going to call it what it is. And in a transition year to even go, you know, seven and nine or seven and 10 or eight and nine, nine and eight, whatever, all those things. Like that's a pretty impressive feat for a coaching staff that gets a lot of fire, a, a rookie quarterback, which is obviously the most important position in the game. You have all of your studs on offense are no more than two years out besides Deontay Johnson, who's what, three, four years out. Like he's still a baby in the scheme of, of you know, veteranship. So you don't really have your offensive line is, bag of marbles mixed up and thrown out there like right. you don't really have anything maybe to like stand on on the offensive side you have a great defense and I think that people kind of forgot how good this defense could be with all things with everyone in the game and everything considered so I think there's a lot to like about this Steelers season that people aren't really you know giving enough credit to I agree with you. You bring up the games that TJ misses. They beat the Patriots if TJ's playing. They're not giving up all those run plays in that final drive where they just milk out the clock the rest of the way. They wouldn't have been gashed as bad as they were in that game. There's no question about that. They should have beat Miami, too. I didn't even bring that game up. Pickett doesn't throw that interception. They should have beat Miami. That that was... And then they would have had the tiebreaker on the Dolphins if it came down to that. So, yeah, a lot of things have not gone their way. It seems like things are finally starting to go their way. Unfortunately, it might be a little too little, too late situation if the Dolphins win one of the last two games. They've got the Patriots and they've got the Jets. You can't count the Chargers out, but, you know, they have a very favorable schedule. They've got the Colts. They have the easiest schedule remaining. Yeah. They've got <laughs> the Colts on Monday Night Football tonight. And then they've got um, they've got two easy. They've got the Rams next week. That was the game that was going to be um, Sunday Night Football. It was not it yeah. was the Raiders. It was the oh. Rams and the Chargers. Good job by them flexing that out. And then they've got Denver. And maybe maybe Russell Wilson can show up for one game this season, but I highly doubt it. Uh, yeah, I want to talk they, about I want to talk about Mike Tomlin. You brought him up about how people are saying is he a bad coach. Nathaniel Hackett just got fired, so let's talk about Mike Tomlin. He's going for another winning season. How can anybody say this guy's a bad coach, especially with the team that he has been dealt this year? So we'll talk about that. It's fourth down in the Steel City. We'll be right back. 